Welcome to studentofthebible.com. I'm your host, Renee, and I'm a Bible student. I'm glad you are, too. Thank you so much for joining. Pray for discernment and ask God to show you how you can share this information with others and be a blessing. Welcome to the third podcast in the series on the occult and the Bible. We've covered a number of topics in our first two podcasts, including witchcraft, mediums, psychics, and astrology. We've concluded that the Bible specifically calls out these practices as being led by the devil, regardless of whether those practicing these things actually believe in evil and the devil or not. We've learned that there are two distinct powers in the world, the power of light and goodness that comes from God and the power of darkness and evil that comes from the devil. There is knowledge in the world that God doesn't want us to have. This is for our own protection. Why does God forbid involvement in the occult? Because the occult is a denial of God's wisdom. The Old Testament, Deuteronomy, chapter 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law, unquote. God says there are things that are secret, and that we're not meant to know. They are for God to know. They might not be good for us to know. They might be none of our business. We might use the knowledge to harm other people, or we might just not be able to understand the information or be ready to receive it. Thinking back to the Garden of Eden, God wanted to teach us in his perfect timing about the world around us, revealing to us what he wanted to reveal to us when the timing was right. But the lie of Satan was that we could be like God by acquiring the knowledge of good and evil on our own terms. With this knowledge, we broke our perfect relationship with God. Now, God will one day restore all things and One day, we will once again have a perfect relationship with him. But that will not happen until what's called Christ's second coming. Now, in the meantime, evil is present in the world, and evil wants to tempt us with information we're not supposed to have. We're not supposed to know the future unless God has revealed it to us through his word or through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, as we know, God doesn't answer us immediately when we ask him questions. When that happens, that means we're not supposed to know the answer, not that we're supposed to go seek the information elsewhere. The occult uses sources other than God for their information. Well, what other possible sources could there be? If the information doesn't come from God, as we've discussed before, then it comes from demons and the devil. As deceivers, the the devil and his demons can be disguised as angels of light. The Bible tells us this. 
the information that they give us can feel harmless and maybe even helpful. I've spoken to quite a few people who once in their life practiced occult activities, and they told me how good it felt to have access to this information at first. They described it as a certain high, a a certain privilege, a certain power. But then they described that they felt like they were being dragged deeper and deeper into a dark hole. And they say that they started to feel desperate and depressed. And more than one person told me that they actually felt the darkness. Now, praise God, these people that I have spoken to have been able to understand this spiritual battle and have changed their ways. But the battle is not over, and there are literally millions of others who are still being sucked in, especially into a movement that's capturing the world, and it's being endorsed by powerful, influential people like Oprah Winfrey and other celebrities, and that's the topic for today's podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called New Age or Spiritualism. And it can take a lot of different forms. Now, what does this have to do with the occult? Actually, plenty. Remember, when you turn to anything other than God for answers, it's not coming from God. It's hidden knowledge and therefore occult. Right now, you can go to some non-denominational churches or look on Amazon, attend certain yoga classes, turn on the TV, look on YouTube, or visit any bookstore and find hundreds of books on New Age, spiritualism, and this idea of, quote, how to manifest your destiny. Are you familiar with this idea? It's a popular belief that you can think about something, manifest it, and it'll come to you. Now, this idea was revealed a couple of years ago in a book that became super popular called The Secret. And the whole idea was if you want it badly enough, you can get a cancer-free body, a bigger house, you can surround yourself with happiness, etc. Which, honestly, if that were true, is pretty cool. So wait, I'm manifesting right now a size 2 body. Wait for it. Nope, didn't happen. Such a bummer. I must not have visualized it powerfully enough. All right. So let's talk about this new age idea popularized by the book called The Secret. I'm going to quote from their websites. I'm sure I get this right. And I want you to listen to things that might be occult. So according to thesecret.com website, quote, billions, not millions, billions of people have already experienced the secret manifested in their lives. Okay, I'm so anxious. I love secrets, so keep listening. They continue. Sometimes the effect is called the boomerang effect. We put something out there in the universe and it will come back to us, unquote. Okay, so have you ever thrown a boomerang? So I I had this dog toy that was sort of like a boomerang. And when I threw it, oh yeah, it came back and hit me in the face. 
well, granted, maybe I wasn't doing it right, or maybe you have to be more intentional about putting it out there in the universe. I guess I wasn't concentrating hard enough. Anyway, the secret website talks about its author, this woman, Rhonda Byrne. It says, and I quote, Toward the end of 2004 and following a string of traumatic events in her personal and professional life, Rhonda Byrne discovered a great secret, a secret law and principle of the universe. It goes on to explain that her daughter had given her a copy of a book written in 1910 called The Science of Getting Rich. She said that reading it really moved her and it gave her a glimpse into the secret. She then embarked on doing research where she, quote, traced this idea of the secret back thousands of years, incorporating, in her words, almost every religion and field of human endeavor. And then she goes on to say that, quote, her life was transformed almost immediately, and she started to put into practice everything that she was learning. And then she ends with, the secret is everything you have dreamed of and is now in your hands, unquote. Okay, I'm so curious, aren't you? What's the secret that transformed her life? Does anyone hear a problem with this? Okay, put that on hold for just a moment. I'm going to talk about another New Age idea that's become very popular. But first, we need a definition. What is New Age anyway? If you ask a bunch of people, you're going to get a bunch of different answers. It has to do with melding of body, mind, and spirit. So I looked up the definition, and here's what I got from wikipedia.com. It says, despite its highly eclectic nature, a number of beliefs commonly found within the New Age have been identified. Theologically, the New Age typically adopts a belief in a holistic form of divinity, that imbues all of the universe, including human beings themselves. There is thus a strong emphasis on the spiritual authority of the self. This is accompanied by a common belief in a wide variety of semi-divine non-human entities, such as angels and masters, with whom humans can communicate, particularly through a form of channeling, typically viewing human history as being divided into a series of distinct ages. A common New Age belief is that whereas once humanity lived in an age of great technological advancement and spiritual wisdom, it's now entered into a period of spiritual degeneracy, which will be remedied through the establishment of a coming age, wait for it, of Aquarius from which Amelia gets its thing. There's also a strong focus on healing, particularly using forms of alternative medicine and an emphasis on the notion that spirituality and science can be united, unquote. Okay, a couple of things stand out in that definition. First, focus on self. Did you notice that? The emphasis on the spiritual authority of self. Then they said they acknowledge the spiritual world and that they access this world through various means called channeling. Okay, and then did you hear something about the age of Aquarius? I guess that's why they're calling this the new age. 
I didn't know this was a thing. I just remember the age of Aquarius was a line in a song from the Broadway musical Hair, but I had no idea what they were talking about. Did you? According to the wellandgood.com new age website, quote, the age of Aquarius, the power is turning over to the individual and giving the freedom for you to choose your own reality based on what aligns with your soul. Whoa, that's what the age of Aquarius is. Oh boy, that sounds really bad. That's all we need is for a bunch of people to choose their own reality based on what aligns with their soul. I don't even really know what that means. Okay, so let's continue this new age focus on the self being powerful and being able to control your destiny. Has anyone ever been in a church that practices what's called prosperity preaching? Let me quickly explain what this is and why I am lumping it in with our New Age and Spiritualism podcast. Prosperity preaching has lots of different names. Prosperity theology, prosperity gospel, health and wealth gospel, the gospel of success, or seed faith. But its false promises are pretty close to the false promises made in that book, The Secret, except that prosperity preaching falsely claims that God is giving this to you instead of you giving it to you. In a nutshell, prosperity preaching is a religious belief that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them, and that faith, positive speech, which I had to look up to see what it meant, and this is what it means. Positive speech means Expressing an idea, thinking a thought, or asking a question in a way which moves towards what you want instead of away from what you don't want. Huh? Okay, here's an example. Don't be horrible to me is asking for what you don't want. Okay, negative tense. And be nice to me, well, that's what you do want. That's called positive tense. So let's start that again. In prosperity preaching, they're saying that it's a religious belief that financial blessing, physical well-being are always the will of God for them, and that faith, positive speech, and, wait for it, donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. Oh, boy. So using positive speech will get me a million dollars. I am going to try this. I'm going to quote this definition from wikipedia.com because it's pretty good at explaining prosperity preaching a little bit more and, again, why I think it fits into New Age. Quote, Prosperity theology views the Bible as a contract between God and humans. If humans have faith in God, He will deliver security and prosperity, which is true, but not in the way they use this term. It continues. The doctrine emphasizes the importance of personal empowerment, proposing that it's God's will for his people to be blessed, which again is true, but we are blessed because we're made in the image of God and all we have is a gift from God, but we mess this up through sin, and so God's will is that We will desire to come back to him. Not that we have a Porsche in the driveway. Okay, continue. 
The atonement, reconciliation with God, is interpreted to include alleviation of sickness and poverty, which are viewed as curses to be broken by faith. This is believed to be achieved through donations of money, visualization, and positive confession. Unquote. Oh boy, it's true. It's not God's desire for us to suffer. But when sin entered the world, we broke our relationship with him. This is not heaven. It's a broken world and there's pain and suffering and sickness. We as Christians, yes, we are called to have faith in Jesus, that he came to overcome the world of darkness and that one day all creation will be restored. We're called to call on his name in prayer and petition. But we understand our reconciliation with God will not magically alleviate all sickness and poverty. Our reconciliation with God through the blood of Jesus assures us that one day we will get to live in harmony with him and that one day there will be no more pain or suffering. But no amount of offerings, visualization, or positive confession will make this world heaven. Only Jesus' return to earth and the final judgment day will end all pain and suffering. Can you see how this idea of prosperity preaching takes away the very deity of God and places human pain and suffering under your control instead of God's? Whoa, can you see how Satan has cleverly cloaked this idea in the biblical promise of ask and you shall receive? Yeah, we can ask, guided by the Holy Spirit, but we must ask and seek what's according to God's will and God's word to bring glory to God, not glory to ourselves. This rings so similar to the false promises in that book I told you about, The Secret, don't you think? Returning to The Secret website, it continues, quote, every question will be answered. Every desire will be fulfilled. Never again do you need to be afraid. Never again do you need to suffer. We've missed the truth for thousands of years because we've not looked at what is right in front of us. We've become easily distracted by our problems, the drama in our lives, the comings and goings of the events in the world. And we've missed the greatest discovery we can make that is right here before us, a discovery that can take us out of suffering into lasting bliss and happiness, unquote. Oh. Is this not again a cleverly disguised lie of Satan that we can somehow circumvent this life of pain and suffering and that, oh, by the way, has been caused because of our sin and instead be like God and enter into lasting bliss and happiness through some secret in a book instead of seeking peace that surpasses understanding through a relationship with Jesus? Oh, but there's more. The sequel to the secret, the sequel. Yeah, there's a sequel to the secret, and it's called The Greatest Secret. And here's what it promises, and I quote, The Greatest Secret is a quantum leap that will take the reader beyond the material world to where all possibilities exist. 
The teachings in these pages will dissolve fears and uncertainty, anxiety and pain, filled with revelatory words of spiritual teachers from around the world, past and present. The greatest secret is a profound masterwork that offers readers everywhere a direct path to end suffering and to live a life of deep joy. Once you know the greatest secret, freedom is yours, unquote. That sounds amazing. Who doesn't want an end to pain and suffering? And who doesn't want to experience deep joy? I do. These are the promises of countless New Age books, crystals, certain metals, certain candles, certain meditations, certain ambulance, certain incantations. All you need to do is head to Sedona or sadly any beautiful place that is surrounded by mountains or glorious God-created landscape and you'll be bombarded with new age ways to find your inner peace. You know, Jesus knew about this. And this is recorded in John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus told his apostles, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I have come to overcome the world, unquote. Look around. Yeah, the world's broken. The brokenness and suffering is not because people do not manifest enough positive outcomes or put enough in the offering plate or carry around the right crystal or piece of copper. The world's broken because of our sinful nature. This was not God's plan. We willfully broke God's plan when we rebelled against him and decided to do things our own way. But the good news is, we can have peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace, honestly, that's absolute foolishness to the world who places their faith in crystals and manifesting their thoughts and doing yoga meditations. We can have peace through a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's this woman called Doreen Virtue. She's a well-known writer of New Age material. In fact, she did this for 25 years, wrote tons of books, had her own private-labeled tarot cards, was super into angel worship. And then she became a Christian in 2015. Her amazing story and testimony, you can find it on YouTube. It's called New Age Teacher Finds Jesus Christ. I encourage you to listen to it. It is such an awesome testimony of her journey from being a follower of New Age for 25 years and, in her own words, constantly searching for peace to coming to know Jesus and then finding peace. Now, Doreen says that during her New Age phase, there were, she thought, so many paths to God. She thought that if God is love, then all love counts. And through New Age spiritualism, she says that she had no concept of the devil or sin, which was why, in her own words, she became so lost and frustrated and kept searching for an end to the darkness and pain. Listen again to how Jesus explains to his disciples that he is the only way to peace. Again, John recorded this. This is in chapter 14. And this is verses 6 through 14. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who's doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it, unquote. Did you hear the power in Jesus's words? Did you hear the truth in his words? Jesus is the only way. He is the way and the truth and the life. Now, look at words like forgiveness, go and sin no more, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. In the words of a previous New Age speaker, this guy named Stephen Bancars, he says that New Age looks at these verses as if Jesus was some kind of a fortune cookie. Ask Jesus anything and he'll give it to you like he's some sort of genie in a bottle. And then he goes on to say, but that's not what the Bible says. It says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's not about asking for things to glorify yourself. Well, look what I can do. I think it, I ask for it, I imagine it. Voila, it appears. In New Age, <laughs> Jesus is seen like Buddha. They see Jesus as a friend in the spirit world. Remember, those in the darkness are afraid of the light. They're afraid that Jesus will take away their fun so they don't look at him as God. Jesus is not about granting our wishes. Jesus' focus is about preparing us for eternity. Pay attention to this. While the world would have us believe it's all about me, my personal comfort in the moment, that's not really what Jesus is concerned about. Jesus has eternal plans for us. His ultimate goal is to have a relationship with us so we will be with him in eternity. Again, in the words of this former New Ager, Stephen Bancars, he says, Jesus is not a manifestation wizard. He's not a genie in a bottle. The Apostle Paul says, look, you're to be happy with what you have. New Age seekers always want new friends, new experiences. This is the restlessness of the devil. The lie is that if you do this, you say this, put out positive thoughts, people will like you. The lie is that someone's holding the secrets to happiness, and if you read this or do this, you'll unlock the secret. Society has an impatience for answers. People will turn to the next fad to find peace and joy instead of turning to God, unquote. New Age and spiritualism promise you'll find love and 
pure inner peace and bliss by sitting in the lotus position. Okay, seriously, have you ever sat in the lotus position? I feel pain, not peace when I do it. These are all empty promises. But God is merciful and just. He's our heavenly father, and he knows the number of hairs on your head. He loves you so much that he'll discipline us to bring us back to him. There's a cost to following Jesus. It's the cost of giving up those false promises of the world and following only him. It's the cost of not getting all the answers to your questions and not getting all that you want and all you desire right now. But following Christ will give you something the world can't give you. And that is rest and the assurance that one day you'll be able to walk with Christ in a restored earth where there is no more pain or suffering or injustice or prejudice or poverty or sickness. Jesus paid the ultimate price for all of our screw-ups by dying an awful death on the cross. Blood by an innocent man was shed so that we might live. But let's be honest, the cross is foolishness to the world. Who in their right mind would die for a world of sinners? Only a jealous God who wants more than anything else to have a relationship with us would sacrifice his only son so that we might be saved once and for all. As we've talked about in these three occult podcasts, spiritual blindness is real. And the funny thing is you don't even really know it when you're blind. Only the Holy Spirit can illuminate the truth of the gospel for you. When you seek God, he enters into you with the revelation that you're a beloved child of God. You're forgiven completely, 100% for every awful self-centered thing we've ever done. Look no further than Jesus for peace. But seeking is what New Age is all about. Deep down, let's admit, we all have a desire to control and predict the future and, yeah, have an end to our suffering and maybe a new car and a perfect body. With occult practice, New Age and spiritualism, there is a focus on glorifying the self. You can do it. You can manifest it. You can become it if you can dream it. The power behind this is the same power behind the occult practices. Make no mistake. There are demons who will give you bits of information that are true and therefore draw you in. Oh my gosh, I thought it. It came true. Wow, I manifested that house. This is so cool. I put this feeling out into the universe and it came back to me. Remember, the devil will entice humans with suggestions of power, self-realization, spiritual enlightenment, apart from the submission to the Lord God. Why do you need God if you can do all those things yourself, right? Here's the prayer I offer you. It's the message that was found in Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Being a Christian is hard. A lot of time it means swimming upstream. It might mean being ridiculed and taunted and not participating in the ways of the world. But here's the thing. You can't serve two masters. The occult is idol worship. 
You're either seeking wisdom from rocks and stars and tarot cards and dead people and psychics or yourself. And if you're following the occult, you're not seeking the wisdom of God. God's a jealous God. Thou art the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Pray for those who are struggling with this. Share these podcasts with them and the websites I've listed like Focus on the Family and that YouTube video, New Age Teacher Finds Jesus Christ. Those who seek God will find God. Have a blessed day.